people binge shows all the time. Girls like ourselves devour them. Children are put to bed early by their parents, hopefully to not be seen again that night. Housewives take the grocery money and invest in stars to watch season five. All episodes are consumed eventually. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Welcome, Nerdy Knights, to the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take those extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Lady of That Thirsty Lake, Sarah O'Connor. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Hello, it's your ginger host, Colleen McMillan, who was really not expecting a horror movie this season. Not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was so creepy. X-Files well, home situation. Like, no, please, please, no. I cannot wait until we get to talk about it because that was like the craziest episode. <laughs> seriously, seriously, seriously. Bonjour everyone, it's your favorite French lassie, Flo Siegel. So the BGS ladies through many very thirsty discussions, although they've definitely been less thirsty lately, like let's be honest because- I'm parched. I am so parched. <laughs> I mean, we have a stable, at least there's the stable. There is that, there is that, we did get that. <laughs> So we've decided to let you in on what has been a series of frantic text exchanges and begin in one episode left. Yeah. <laughs> and a detailed dorky dive into the sexy historical world of Diana Gableton's Outlander, a star show adapted from novels. Be warned, we will be talking heavily about mature content, as well as discussing sensitive topics such as sexual violence and rape. Um, so make sure the Barons are out of earshot. And with that, je suis prêt for a recap of episodes one through six of bum, season bum, five. Bum. And this is so exciting because Sarah and Colleen had not seen it yet. So this was no. like a fresh watch. I'd only yeah. get like synopses. <laughs> fresh so virgin eyes on this season for sure. Seriously. So to kick things off, Roger and Jamie tried to bond and it seems to be working a little bit. It's then time to actually celebrate his marriage to Brianna, which is great. In attendance, Governor Tryon tries to remind Jamie that he has an obligation to pursue and kill Murtaugh, which is awful. Yeah. But that's not all, folks. Tryon also wants Jamie to raise a militia to subdue the regulators if necessary. Now, while all of this is happening, Brianna and we are reminded of her past trauma with Stephen Bonnet when she learns that he was spotted alive. Bum, bum, bum. Then pretty much everyone in the main cast gets down and dirty. So there was a little bit of action. Like everyone was kind of having a Sense8 montage together. Yeah. Well, <laughs> while others celebrate the wedding festivities. <clears throat> Afterwards, Aunt Jocasta, after failing to leave her plantation to Jamie and Brianna, tells Roger that she will leave the property to Jeremiah, their kiddo. But Roger refuses the offer angrily and later tells Jeremiah, er, later claims Jeremiah as his son with a blood oath. So regardless of whether or not Stephen Bonnet is his daddy, Roger is like, yo, that baby boy is mine. <laughs> Afterwards, Jamie gets folks to pledge their fealty to him, and the episode closes with Jamie sending Murtaugh away for his safety. Mm. Lot, a lot happening that yeah, episode. Yeah, this this was a strong start, honestly. Yeah, really, really strong. strong start to the season. Um, I like kind of saw the Governor Tryon thing like coming from a mile away because it was like really fishy when he gave him that land, anyways. Yes. Like you knew he was going to have to do something for it. You don't just get something for nothing. Like that doesn't make any sense. So I'm not surprised. 
um, about that. I thought, be warned, this is a pro-Roger sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) I thought Roger claiming Jeremiah was really nice. Yeah. And I really liked him standing up to Angie Costa like that too, because- She did too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So that that was really excellent. Good Good job, job, Roger. Roger. We don't say that often, but good job. No, we don't say it often, but in this instant, well done, well done. Well done. Freaking Jamie crying though, you guys. I was not that prepared. Was and Murtaugh at the beginning with baby Jamie also was like, yeah. They bookended the episodes with that. <laughs> Anything with Murtaugh. We'll talk about more on Murtaugh later, but this was just like, poor Jamie. This was a tough one. This kind of like reminded me of like when Arya in Game of Thrones had to send away Nymeria by yes. like throwing rocks at her it was just like you have to go for your safety and it was just it was really sad yep for it sure it's it's hard anytime Murtaugh and Jamie are separated because yeah. they just are so perfect together on screen yeah. not just the like chemistry of the story but chemistry of the actors too totally. such a pleasure to watch yes yeah. you can tell they love each other <laughs> it's so sweet uh, okay Moving on to the next episode, more Murta. Not so great this time, though. The episode opens with Murta and other regulators coating people with tar and feathers for the unjust yeah. taxes. Mm, we're going to talk about that later, guys. That's a rough Jamie, one. <laughs> so tough, just not great. Jamie begins hunting Murta with Lieutenant Hamilton Knox, mm, that big this tree, guy. who is a king's man through and through. And yeah. Jamie's forced to consider whether or not he's on the right side of history. Claire, on the other hand, is going into full-on doctor mode with a res- when a resident of Fraser's Ridge dies from a preventable ailment, his appendix burst, Claire could have operated on him, yep. which had been exacerbated by an ill-informed, though well-intentioned use of some folk medicine, <laughs> namely mercury, and let's just poison everyone. Not Claire great. considers using modern methods to keep the settlers safe. This will have a whole big ethics discussion between her and Brianna, which to be fair, I mean, it could get Claire killed. Otter Absolutely. She's a witch. She's still <laughs> exactly. a witch. Marsley's like, oh my God, is my mom right? And she's like, no. That was funny. But also like, really funny. what are the repercussions of this? Like in terms of history, like yeah. I, again, I just, this is rough. In history. Yeah, Claire, I mean, she means well because she has a doctor. So it's like first sure. do no harm. She wants to help people. But Brianna is not wrong to bring no. up the whole please don't die though, because you're a witch. Like, don't do that, please. Um, Later in the episode, she asks Marsley, this is one of my favorite parts on the show. I love Marsley so much to assist her by becoming a healer. Unfortunately, the locals make it hard for Claire to do her job. They're going to believe what they're going to believe. Yeah. They're like, you're just a woman. No man doctor has said anything about this. Yeah. Right. Uh, so when Jamie and Lieutenant Knox question some Highlander regulators about the tarring and feathering situation, Knox kills one of them because he's pretending to be Murtaugh and is being shirty mm. and spits at him, which not great to kill someone for spitting on you, but nope. there we are. Back at Fraser's Ridge, Brianna tries to teach Roger how to shoot. <laughs> Tough look uh, for my dude, Roger. A great yes. scene, though. Like, he was turned on, though, by her kind of taking control. So it's like, all right, Roger. Like, that's okay. Roger is such a sub. It's unbelievable. Totally. Totally. <laughs> completely. He is. He likes it. And they begin discussing whether or not to go back through the stones eventually. The yeah. big concern is whether Jeremiah can hear the stones and therefore go through them. We close the episode out with mm, 
Stephen Bonnet betting on a brawl between two women who are really full on like freaking going at it. And then he stabs a guy like the bridge of the nose, like almost into his eyes, which was really not great. Also, I looked away. As as far as I knew, he was stabbed in the eye. I totally looked away. (laughs) Got him right in the bridge and it looked like he was about ready to go through, but the bone kind of, yeah. No, 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 no. Not great. Not great, Stephen. When asked why he didn't kill the man outright, Stephen Bonnet says it's because he has to set a better example now that he's a father. Yeah, that makes sense. Gross. So gross. F you. Let me just stab you in the bridge of your nose because I'm a dad. Good dad, Stephen. After he like hamstrung him, like just it's done. He yielded, like stop. But no. So stupid. I hate Stephen Bonnet. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I loved Marcely becoming a healing assistant that was just so cute and just like I don't think even Marcelie expected this for herself like it's such like she's just like raising herself to a different status than she expected very empowering I just love it and like I isn't she pregnant this time too like I feel like Marcelie is always pregnant she's such a boss though she doesn't like she like freaks out a little bit but not that much not from someone you would expect at that time period to be like um this is like some form of heresy what you're doing here digging totally. into people and claire's like no i can find out how he died she's like oh interesting yeah she well, tell me more like, <laughs> she's like, yeah let's go also like as somebody who has had their appendix removed i was like oh man this sucks <laughs> yeah like, what a bad die. way to die Ugh. when she said mercury i was like oh he did <laughs> yeah he's very dead there's nothing coming back from that nope 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 just no good all right should we keep going yeah, we yes. should. You got the creepiest episode as far as I'm concerned, Flo. <laughs> this was the weirdest side quest I've ever seen in my life. Mm, full for anybody who has listened to our Mando episodes, you know how I feel about a side quest. But this <laughs> one was like really cool. <laughs> okay, so Claire begins the important work of creating penicillin with microscopes and bread and stuff and just like making mold, which is really mm-hmm. cool. But cool. that is not all that Claire is doing. Claire, Jamie, and Roger embark on a mission to raise a militia because of the growing regulator threat, which, all right, cool, cool, cool. So on the road, Jamie tells Claire that Stephen is alive and smuggling in Wilmington, and they both, both Claire and Jamie, think that Brianna don't know, which obviously she does because she overheard it at the wedding. Mm -hmm. So then there's these twins which like okay why would you name twins josiah and kaziah like so so bad no let me let me <laughs> let me tell you too it's a Lindsay lohan parent trap situation totally just one guy <laughs> so so let me just say my parents named my little sister and i sarah and dara yeah because why so, not because this happens in real life but I'm totally with you Flo like that just because it happens doesn't make it okay (laughs) it does not make it okay I'm gonna start calling you guys Josiah and Kaziah though (laughs) please do please do which one would you like to be Sarah uh Kaziah because that one has like a kazap yeah it does it's definitely zazzy (laughs) so the twins cause some trouble when Josiah confesses that he and his brother Kaziah are indentured bond servants so Josiah then asked Jamie and Claire to help free him and his brother from their abusive, you know, master who caused Josiah's brother to go deaf with like repeated beatings and like the boys are getting starved. Like it was really, really bad. So gross. So gross. And Jamie and Claire are like, of course, we're good people. Like we'll take them in. No problemo. So they arrive at this dude's house and there's this creepy ass woman. So creepy. So creepy. 
who's this guy's wife and she's there with a bunch of goats inside the house it's just like it was like well Flo it was it was too cold to have them out in the barn obviously 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 like she's got to live with the goats yeah like that's the only thing that we can do now they probably cover the smell a little bit the whole time we're like we were going into this house I was like there's gonna be a body in this (laughs) run run it was not go in the house it was like in Harry Potter where they like go into Bethilda Backshot's house and like the blood's dripping down you're like this is what's happening here yep so obviously she's not alone her husband is there he's still alive but he has suffered a stroke he's like up in the attic or like the upper floor whatever it is and he is covered in flies like disgusting he's just like in his own filth or like I don't even know like are they like eating his skin yes yes that's it but they keep so, the wound clean. I mean, they do. Yeah, that is what Claire said. She's like, at least the wound's clean because the maggots have been eating it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> silver freaking lining, Claire. <laughs> so, and then we find out that the wife is pregnant by another man. And specifically a black man, right? Like that was like- Very scandalous. Very very scandalous for Mm -hmm. the time. And let me just, let me just say, since this is apparently the episode where I spilled the beans on my family's names, (laughs) this creepy woman's nickname or her name was Fanny and that's Mm -hmm. my grandmother's nickname. So this whole episode was like extra creepy to me. Yes, it was super like Cabin in the Woods. I'm like, you guys should not go in there. It was very Craster's Keep from Game of Thrones with all of the wives and the abusive problems with Craster. And then when the freaking dude woke up, I was like having seven flashbacks of the sloth guy who like coughs and wakes up and you think he's dead and it scares the crap out of you. Like, what is this episode? What is happening? This episode was like so far off course from what Outlander has been. And I would say like seasons four and five have definitely been like spookier, like with the skull thing in season four. And then like this one with like creepy half dead man in the attic and just the creepiest lady. And like when she was looking for like the paperwork, she was just so like sketch, so sketchy. Yeah, I feel for her though. I'm like, yeah, girl, you torture the crap out of him because he definitely has raped her. Oh, and yeah. he pulled a full bluebeard having wives buried out back because yeah. they couldn't bear that children. Was, like, yes. Creepy. Yes. Mm. No, he was Nothing was good like, about this place. Just a horrible dude. Very craster. You're absolutely right. Such a bad dude. And like, you hate him, but it's also like, You've been tortured. girl, just kill him outright. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, yeah, he doesn't need to be him. rotting in your attic. That's freaking disgusting. I will say one of, like, all of this was super unbelievable, but maybe one of the most unbelievable things was the fact that Fanny was able to ride away on a horse. How did she do that? Like, right after giving birth, how did you get on a horse and ride away? I call false. I call fake news. (laughs) I mean, she literally, like, has this baby in the middle of the night, right? Like, no meds, no nothing. And then, like, they wake up the next morning and she's just peaced out, left the baby, like, Okay, bye. Miraculously yeah, found no all the paperwork. <laughs> there's no way. It was right there the whole she time. She filed her reports before leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She had the baby, then she put her papers in order. She like got the horse saddled. It was it was really casual. Well, at the end of this episode, Jamie ends up putting creepy dude out of his misery, which you know was good and I thought this was actually like really well done where like you just heard the shot and like you knew what Jamie did yes I did not need to see any more and anything more no 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 and then lastly Claire tells Jamie that she wants Roger Brianna and Jemmy which is such a cute name for Jeremiah by the way so cute 
um, she wants him to go through the traveling stones as soon as Jemmy is old enough um, to confirm that he can travel, which is I mean, like, hard. After all that, <laughs> I want you out of here. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th- this must have been like really hard for Claire because obviously like it is the best thing for Brianna and Roger and Jemmy, like just to be safe and not have to live in this world where like there's disease and war and horrible things happening. But also yep. like this is her family, like this is her grandson. Like, that's hard. Well, let's head back to Roger, who is leading Jamie's militia to a trading post in Brownsville. And fun fact, my maiden name used to be Brown. Again, another name connection for season five. He finds himself embroiled in a bitter feud involving pistols and star-crossed lovers, one of which is actually married. Claire and Jamie travel to Brownsville with the little Beardsley baby who they feed goat's milk, which is super cute. So cute. And Jamie and Claire arrive just in time to to discover that Roger's unusual strategy to help handle the feud might have cost Jamie and Claire the militia's loyalty. Hmm. Additionally. Good idea. Like peacemaker idea. Creative. Yeah, but again, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like Roger has no idea about like what life is like and he just like inserts himself and it's just like nobody asked you to do any, just shut up. Like take your cues from people who know, just talk less, Roger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're the captain, but if you don't really know what's going on, listen to your subordinates. You totally bird him, like talk less. (laughs) (laughs) Smile more, Roger, smile more, stand to the back. Additionally, Claire discovers that her medical advice has spread wide and far by posing as Dr. Rawlings, in fact, much farther than she intended. Alicia then confides in Claire that she is likely pregnant, and Alicia is one of those star-crossed lovers, to help remind you, Mm -hmm. pregnant with Azai's child. Elsewhere, Brianna gets scared and thinks Stephen Bonnet has come to steal Jemmy when he temporarily goes missing which was absolutely terrifying we all thought that right like we all thought that he had come and taken the kid yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. i just got chills like thinking about me too i was just like like, this is it this is the kidnapping like we knew he was like going to be on the lookout for jenny and he's like definitely coming and i was just like okay this is it this is the nightmare claire then determines that she needs to return home to make penicillin because kezi one of the twins also has problems with his tonsils both of these boys have bad tonsils word i feel you boys (laughs) jamie then helps the star-crossed lovers leave brownsville undetected wonderful it was so rough when she tried to kill herself i was like no i just left that out of the summary totally because it was just like too much Mm -mm. yeah i mean kind of like roger in this instance though like why is jamie inserting himself into other people's issues all the time good question he's a hero for sure and like obviously we like need him to be doing stuff just for the show but like it's okay to ride away bud like it's okay to just like let people deal with their own shit sometimes yep especially something so embroiled and especially when one of the parties is married i was a little bit surprised that they weren't a little bit more concerned about the man's vows and forsaking vows because jamie always seemed like a like i mean as roger as Roger points out, I made a vow to Jamie. Jamie cares about vows. So that was a little bit surprising to me. It, it just felt like this was such like a big family situation. It's like, you don't need to insert yourself into this family's problems. Like you've, yeah. your family has their own problems, dude. 
Right. You especially don't have to free all of their horses. Like now, what are they going to do? <laughs> what was that? Chase on their chasing horses. <laughs> that part was pretty cool though. Seeing the horses just like, bam. Just yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To me, the scariest part of this episode was definitely thinking that Jemmy was taken. Yes. That was yes. Yes. really bad. More horror elements coming into yeah. the show. But I did feel really good about all of those women being willing to take care of that little baby. Yes. Like, that was adorable. They didn't that even was, care. But... They didn't care at all. They were just like, sure, mixed race baby in a really tough time. Yeah, for sure. I'll take care of it. And it was just like, that's awesome. That was really cool. Yep. Like, she cute. Mine. She <laughs> I keep it. I keep it. <laughs> it's perfect. It all right. Cute. And next we get, ta-da, Claire discovering penicillin. Woohoo! Yay! Good job, Claire. But <clears throat> then we get to go back to the 70s and spend time with Claire and Brianna discussing how penicillin can sometimes kill a patient in rare circumstances, even if the test comes back negative. Foreboding much, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I felt as soon as you found out, like, we still don't know in these episodes. So I don't know, Flo, don't disclose it, but it seemed very foreboding to me. Like the fact that they pointed out several times that penicillin can be lethal. I, I thought, oh goodness, this is going to be Claire's downfall. This is yeah. going to be her witch, yeah. her witch trial. Because even though she is, she is a doctor, she's still not a scientist who knows how, to, she knows how to do it in theory, but like making penicillin is a big freaking deal. She's not freaking Pfizer, right? Like she's not supposed to be making vaccines. Like here she is just like, oh, look, some mold. I just made a vaccine (laughs) or like whatever. I felt like it was a waste of delicious looking bread. Like I'm very proud of her, but that bread bread looked so delicious. Her housekeeper was like, she's gone crazy. I'm going to leave now. (laughs) I I just thought it was like kind of annoying that she's just like, I made penicillin. Like I've discovered it. And it's like, no, you didn't. Like you already knew about it. And then you just like recreated it. And now like the history books are going to be rewritten. Like I'm pissed. (laughs) Luckily she doesn't tell too many people about it. Although while she's talking to Marsley, there's like a contractor in the room. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree. I felt like she was not sneaky enough with like what she's doing. It's like, hush, hush, lady. Hush. And she knows she needs to be careful. Like, yes. No, she's always like this. She's just like out there. And it's just like, (laughs) whispering all her secrets. Totally. So meanwhile, Jamie and his militia arrive at Hillsborough to learn that Governor Tryon has proposed a rather unorthodox solution, mm-hmm. pardoning all of the regulators to deal with the threat posed by them and to resolve the growing political conflict. Like, this actually was a good idea, even yeah. though he's a dick. Like, it is a good idea to do it this. It was. Back at Fraser's Bridge, Roger confronts Brianna uh, about Stephen Bonnet when he discovers the black diamond that Bonnet gave to Brianna. And Brianna confides that Bonnet is still allegedly alive. People have seen him, but she hasn't seen him. But we trust John Gray. John Gray can do do. no wrong. With our lives. Everyone's lives. Everyone's lives. John Gray is on it. (laughs) They do agree to use the diamond to return home with Jemmy when he's old enough to discover if he can. And then this part also is like, dang, another polar opposite from his John Gray chess games. Like this got icy real fast. Jamie takes drastic action and kills Hamilton knocks and starts a fire <laughs> so that it kind of masks what happened to yeah. Knox when his relationship to Murtaugh is at risk of being revealed. Like, 
I know he had to do it. He tried to talk Knox down, but it was not going to work. Like, yeah, no. This guy is, he has some higher ideals, but he's also a company man. Like, he's not gonna budge. Finally, this part was cute, though. Jamie brings home a kitten. Yeah, that was clear. So cute, you guys. So, what a Names him Adzo. (laughs) It was so cuddly. My issue with this episode kind of was in contrast with the last episode. Like, I'm just struggling to see, like, where Jamie is at this point. Because, like, last episode, he's, like, trying to be this hero and, like, saving people and whatever. And, like, preventing them from killing themselves. And then in this episode he kills somebody and then becomes an arsonist to cover up his murder. Right, right. Well, I guess it's all to save Murtaugh and himself. So I I get get that. But like, why, here's, here's my overarching question. Why hasn't Claire, unless I've missed it, and if I've missed it, why isn't it drilled home more? Why hasn't Claire been like, yo you are on the wrong side of history let's figure out how to flip the script because like spoiler alert the crown does not like this is not how this ends here in the united states right well i mean i think the original mistake was that they took the land yeah true true. right like they were like kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place like they should have just stayed in wilmington and like made some money like the regular way yes. by like Jamie doing a like you know a trade or what like he's got a lot of trades that or he knows how to do. over Joe Costa's plantation right and right they had a lot of options when you can take over like exactly so their problem was taking all that land and now he's just stuck like he's being blackmailed yeah. basically right but yeah I mean Claire should have been like whatever you do do not get in with like the loyalists and the British like don't do that mm-hmm. yeah but she I'm did tell him it was going to be free like america's gonna be free there's george washington but she didn't push hard enough she didn't push hard enough and like she just is so wishy-washy with like how she treats the past and the future it's like let me make penicillin but also let me just not tell you about this war that much that like we know a lot about like a lot come on (laughs) especially with brianna there like brianna's a history person yes yeah right 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 i think season season six is going to be heavily this when does season six come out? Do we know? I don't I think we've got a date for it, but I know they've like been filming. I think obviously okay. it was postponed with COVID. So right, 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 right. Like right, everything right. else. Right. Claire hasn't found a solution to cure that yet. No, she hasn't cured COVID with bread yet. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Just give her some time. <laughs> Not yet. All right. So our final episode of today, it actually opens up to a scene around when the Scots lose the Battle of Culloden, which like brings us way back, right? Like, oh, yeah. oh man. Um, and Jocasta, actually, and her first husband, Hector, and their daughter, Morna, who are mm-hmm. fleeing to America. They're like in this old timey stagecoach thing, and it's really beautiful. So they're stopped by Redcoats who discover Jacobite gold, which honestly, like not that well hidden. No, <laughs> I no. don't know. It was just like you could have tried a little bit harder. Let me just mm-hmm. bend over and spot it. Oh, exactly, there it is. Exactly. So a skirmish occurs during which Hector, who's Jocasta's husband, accidentally kills their daughter while killing Redcoats. Um, tragic. very, very tragic. That was really hard. And like Jocasta's anguish was like palpable. That was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Yes. Next up, back on Fraser's Ridge, there's a plague of locusts. <laughs> Because, because of course there are. Because of course there is. Why, like, why would you think there wouldn't be? And it comes through and Roger has his leadership skills question. 
yeah fair. i would question them too fair mm-hmm. very very fair because he's a loser <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile jacosta's wedding is happening which is like cool fancy really fan really fancy, really fancy. super posh that was like real nice jamie learns Tryon's true motivation for ending the regulator threat which is getting our dude murtog and a man by the name of philip wiley who like is annoying like what a freaking simp too mm. <laughs> he accosts claire and he thinks that claire is like hitting on him which she's not at all she's like trying to no. run away she's like this guy's God, a big I'm f boy big yeah. f boy totally. energy mm-hmm. and just like he's gross like he's all like powdered and like disgusting that's Ugh. not cool anymore dude <laughs> no yes so that's so season two in france bro <laughs> oh i miss that season i know such a good one so afterwards, Claire discovers a lead of the whereabouts of Stephen Bonnet, who happens to be Wiley's smuggler. So like it all intertwines. Mm-hmm. But the price for information is far, far higher than she anticipates. And he wants Frank's ring, mm-hmm. which like that's really hard for her. Yep. Heartbroken that Jamie would gamble with the ring. She gives Jamie both rings and a heaping pile of resentment, yeah. which was yikes. <laughs> Jamie might as well take this one too because I won't need it anymore. Like, oh fuck. Yeah, that, I mean, yep. but good on her. Like, honestly, he should not be gambling with that. Absolutely, absolutely, so. not yours to be gambling with. <laughs> absolutely. Luckily for everybody, Jamie ultimately wins, and Claire and Jamie have some really angry makeup sex, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And speaking of very spicy love, who shows up to Jacosta's plantation? It's our main guy, Murtaugh. So hot, guys. (laughs) And we don't know how he snuck in, but he did. And we're very glad he did. He asked Jacosta to wait for him, which was really, like, this was really romantic. This was really nice. But ultimately, Jacosta, who, like, honestly has her head on, screwed on really straight. And, like, Mm -hmm. she knows, like, there's not that much she can do at this point. Right. She decides to marry Duncan Innes because she just wants peace and just like, she's old. Like, she just wants to be. And finally, at the end of the episode, we find out that my favorite man, Roger, he does end up saving Fraser's Ridge from a literal plague of locusts with his smoke in the cans plan, which mm-hmm. honestly, like, cinematographically speaking, was really yes. nice to look at. Very yeah. walk in the clouds. Yeah, it was really cool. Kind of like Little House on the Prairie with like them like arms around each other looking at their fields. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It Mm -hmm. was pretty good. Should we talk about Wiley? Everything. Yeah, let's talk about everything. (laughs) When his fake mole falls off, you guys. Amazing. So good. So good. What a subtle detail that like leaves the viewer truly satisfied. It was amazing. Loved it. Loved it. And I mean, Major. like, who doesn't love like rough stable sex? That was, I love it. I, I was it. not happy with Jamie when he said, "After all, you are just a woman." I was like, yeah, "Oh was no, like- no!" But like, do you think he meant that? I, I mean, think he he meant to make her feel bad. I think he meant to hurt her a little bit in that scenario because he's fighting yeah, back. I, th- I think that was just like Claire's degradation kink, <laughs> tongue and tongue and cheek. You think? I think he meant to say it for sure. He's I, no, drunk, I definitely think but... he meant to say it, but like, I think she kind of likes it. <laughs> he does. Well, he does yeah. do he that little her. deprecation stuff. He does he provoke does. her to get a little feisty. He likes to get a rise out of her. She's yeah. like, she's, yeah. But yeah I mean, it turned out great for the viewer. We all loved it. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, damn, get after it, you two. That's I just mean, fine. At this time, it's like kind of old man Jamie. Old man Jamie can get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he still got it, guys. He still got oh, yeah. it. No I, worries. I finally cried in an episode because I had I hadn't cried in an episode in a long time. Murta and Joe Costa just made me cry. Yeah, they were beautiful together. Uh, those two actors are fantastic together. Amazing. Holy crap. And then he got her like the matching jewelry. I was like, <laughs> so, yeah. And then she gives it back to him and our poor girl. She's just like, I know what's coming. There's always going to be another war. And she's right. There always is another war or another yeah. conflict yep. because humans are humans and they fight. Yep. And Murtaugh has yeah. shared that same sentiment. So that can't be surprising to him. No. And he's like Jamie that way. He wants to throw himself into conflicts. Totally. And be the hero. And Jocasta's like, that's all well and good. And I love you for it. But that's not good for me. Yep. And honestly, like, good on her. Because it was kind of unfair of him to just show up and be like, wait for me. And she's like, bitch, I made plans. Like, Yeah, you told me. Yeah, I'm getting married I, tomorrow. Literally tomorrow. Yeah, I appreciated tomorrow. how she was just like, listen, we had this talk before and yeah. you said, just go on. So I went on, bro. Exactly. Like, today is not that day. But exactly. like, would you like to have before wedding sex or not? Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Ulysses too, just sneaky AF, bringing him up there, being like, oh, my lady, look who's here, the one you actually love. That's right. Oh, Ulysses is a true one. I don't know. This was, it was really good. This was a good episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I shine that burn thing too. I love the Mackenzie motto. It's so good. It is so good. I need to get that, like, put on everything I own. Yes. It's honestly, it's such a good one. I shine that burn. That story too, that the dad told them, like, the Mackenzies could go straight to hell and we still wouldn't burn. I'm like, yes. I love that. Get yep. it. <laughs> Amazing. Well, why don't we move on to things that we should have watched and listened for. So things that viewers might not have picked up that we want to pick up now. Sure. Yes. This piqued my interest immediately because I'm a big musical theater person. Hamilton Knox quotes Inspector Javert from Les Miserables. He says, those who follow the path of the righteous shall have their reward. I was like, what? <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. And apparently they've quoted Les Mis a couple times on the show that I've missed. Oh. Um, well, this isn't like a complete Javert parallel. Knox is definitely that kind of immovable object in Jamie's path. And he would not have given up his pursuit of Murtaugh. So he did have that big Javert energy. So yeah, he did have to die, unfortunately. It just was not going to work. Yeah, I just think the way that he died was like... It just yeah. like didn't feel very Hard. honorable of Jamie to like try and cover yeah. it up after with a fire. Yeah. He well, Flo, he did apologize for not giving yeah. him a soldier's death. So That's I mean, it. come on. Okay. Come on. He You're did right. say sorry. <laughs> so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when that prison manifest showed up, I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna end well. That, that was the end of it. For Knox. Like, sorry, my guy. Yep. Next up, uh, and happy Valentine's Day. Today happy we're recording on Valentine's Day, and so happy <laughs> Valentine's Day too. L O V E L is the way you look at me. <laughs> by Nat King Cole and Joy to the World by Three Dog Night are modern songs that Roger sings in these episodes. And man, did he have a nice voice! He did. did- he does. Did we enjoy including these songs, ladies? I know I enjoyed them. I did. 
I love Joy to the World, and it was so cute that he's Jeremiah's was a bullfrog. That too. was so little cute. Jeremiah's so cute, so cute. I'm not a fan of the L O V E song. I think it's very trite and a little too saccharine, but it worked. Mm. In ooh, look at those! Look at these big words. Yeah, you're like just like FAT ooh. Over here. <laughs> Hashtag loquacious so today. Uh, I right. like L O V E. Um, just because it reminds me of the Parent Trap. Mm. <laughs> again more parent traps <laughs> which is like my favorite so um I liked it but yeah the Jeremiah was a bullfrog line like I was just like that is so cute that's so so cute perfect perfect Love perfect it. oh and this one here we go locusts you guys <laughs> Roger references a story his father read to him about locust swarms being deterred by smoke he doesn't say exactly what story it was the only thing I could think about was John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath which is a novel about settlers during the Great Depression and Dust Bowl. And that is some heavy reading for a child. <laughs> like, yeah. How old, Roger, were you when your dad was reading you this? Because that's insane. And then, of course, in theology, locusts were the eighth plague visited upon Egypt during the Ten Commandments story. They're really high up on the list of plagues because they are incredibly destructive. Like oh, These yeah. things would have decimated every crop they hit that huge swarm of them coming was like holy crap yeah well they covered the sun mm -hmm. made everything dark so mm -hmm. yep. pretty spooky yes um should we talk about duncan innes yes please <laughs> this poor dude <laughs> he's just like a really poor sap in the show but in the books duncan and jacosta marry and he's a completely different character because murtaugh is dead so in the books anyway so like it had to be completely different so duncan was actually in arts muir prison with jamie mm -hmm. and he traveled to america with jamie and claire so like he's a lot more in Integral. the story yeah yeah, yeah. not <laughs> and, just showing up at a wedding out of the blue yeah he's not just like oh marrying you cool um and he and jacosta actually have an interesting marriage where both of them have relationships with slaves jacosta mm -hmm. with ulysses and duncan with phaedra who is mm -hmm. a g by the way love phaedra mm -hmm. i love She's her too fabulous but like weird marriage dynamic going on in the um, ennis household i mean was it a marriage for love though i think they had like a spark if i'm remembering okay. the books right like they sparked but jocasta was in love with ulysses and then duncan wasn't sure if he could get it up anymore and then he sparked with Phaedra and he could get it up <laughs> so yeah. it was just Jocasta then so what you're saying is they're swingers yes I mean hey go for it guys it's an open marriage yep get after Fine. it how modern yeah very modern for the times very true flow very true like <laughs> and speaking of modern why don't we talk a little bit now about how historically accurate Outlander is or was mm -hmm. we actually had a lot more for these episodes like to look look up stuff on the fiery cross that jamie uses is also called a bidding stick mm. is an actual historical concept it was used in scotland to rally clan members to a cause much like jamie does in that first episode of the season yeah. it was used widely during the jacobite uprising one of the earlier ones in 1715 and by canadian scottish settlers during the war of 1812 so it was used Basically, this is like the beacons are lit situation. Clan Fraser calls for aid. Like, so everybody, good. everybody come. Yeah, it was very cool. And it was like the Celtic cross, which I always love to see. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. So now we're moving on to something a little bit grosser. At least it was depicted really grossly in the show. And that is tarring and feathering. Bum, mm -hmm. bum, bum. 
According to Wikipedia, tarring and feathering was a form of public torture and punishment used to enforce unofficial justice or revenge. It was used in feudal Europe and its colonies and in the early modern period, mm -hmm. as well as the early American frontier. Obviously, that's what's happening here. Mostly as a type of mob vengeance. Again, exactly what's happening here. The victim would be stripped naked or stripped to the waist. Wood tar, oh. sometimes hot, which is what it was here, yeah. was either poured or painted onto the person while they were immobilized. Then the victim either had feathers thrown on them or was rolled around on a pile of feathers so that it stuck yeah. to the tar. So yeah. gross to me, so really gross. gross. And this could kill people from the shock. Especially yeah, of if it course. Was hot. hot tar. Oh, I was not a fan of Murtaugh using this kind of torture. I understood why he did. Like, there's very little chance that these men would receive any sort of punishment for their crimes and, like, lack of humanity, basically, because they were from the upper societal levels. And men like Murtaugh knew that. And they knew that they would never be heard by men like this. So they take drastic measures. Still, really tough look for the regulators and Murtaugh. There's... Yeah. An episode of John Adams, the HBO series, where they tar and feather a guy, mm. and it is awful. Like way, way worse than this. Mm. Wow, just so bad. And ooh, you always I hear about like, it, and you, like they make fun of it sometimes in cartoons, where the person's like covered in tar yes. and then has feathers on them. But mm. I just like I'm really struggling with like Murtaugh being okay with torture when like he's he knows tortured. Jamie was tortured. Like he understands torture. Like he's he was at Ardsmuir. And it's just like, I, I just, I can't see him being able to do that. Right, right. He seems to be, he seems to have gotten kind of, well, I don't want to say angrier in his older age, but like this, the taxes really, really, really bother him. And so I wonder if, because he was forced to be an indentured servant, he's just kind of lost the patience for that kind of idiocracy. Not that it does yeah. not excuse it at all. I'm wondering yeah, if right. it helps explain it. Yes, yeah, you might for be sure. Right. Well, and Tryon is using taxes to build a freaking house. A hundred percent. If they were being used for something right and good, then Murtaugh probably would be like, fine, but right. they're not. So it's... Yep. It's just one of those situations where it's like, okay, we need Murtaugh to be a more rounded character so he does bad things because right. people do bad things. That's fair. Right. We don't like to see it and it makes our hearts hurt, but... Totally. <laughs> Poor Murtaugh. All right. Yes, our dude. Let's talk about King George III. <laughs> yes, please. So the question is, was King George III poisoned by his physician... Mon Dieu. Shocking. I added that flow. It's like, oh my. <laughs> Just, I love, I love a little drama. So George is often called the Mad King because of his rapidly declining psychological behavior as he got older. Besides having episodes of incoherence, babbling, and aggressive behavior, George also had debilitating physical symptoms. Mm -hmm. So there is a popular theory that he had porphyria. I think, yeah, porphyria, something. Porphyria, yeah. which like, obviously we're doctors. We know what that is, but you yeah, might obviously. Be a doctor, so we're going to explain it to you. Um, it's a blood disease where red blood cells and tissues don't develop correctly. And the disease symptoms do match George's, but we will never really know. But it's, it's an interesting question. Like what was actually wrong with George? Yep. Yep. 
Going further on him, Claire overhears two ladies talking about how the king uses Dr. James's fever powder, which contained, of course it did, toxic how do you say this? Antimony and Antimony. phosphate of lime. Mm -hmm. In the early 2000s, scientists tested a sample of George's hair and found elevated levels of lead and arsenic. So I wonder if that did it. One medication George took contained arsenic, which would have made his condition much worse. Mm -hmm. Claire really needs to work harder on that medical advice. Yeah. Get that going. Like, really? I mean they're poisoning themselves. The Honestly, at this time, like, just case. don't take anything. Like, you need right. to not just drink water yeah. and pray to God that, like, you don't die. Right. right. The hunt and the burn was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. One good idea that we have. Everything else, like, please don't, Lord, don't do that. Horrible. Yep. And so speaking about all that bad medicine, remember to wear your masks, folks. Yes. And that, I think, is where we'll leave it for today. Thank you so much for being with us and come back next time when we actually finish, yes, finish Wild exploring Outlander season five and conclude our Outlander coverage, at least for now, because season six is coming. And expect an announcement on upcoming projects next week. Remember, isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? So wild. That's crazy. In the meantime, you can enjoy us in our podcast or YouTube format. Either way, please subscribe and leave us those five-star reviews because honestly, folks, like we don't advertise for our show. This is all of us doing hustle all by ourselves. So please share in that hustle. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes, enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us via email and social media to let us know, hey, what would you like us to cover? Or what have we covered that you have an interesting theory on? And as I said, keep telling nerdy knights to join us because it really does help. Until next time, make sure all those locusts are gone for good and keep those episodes streaming. Woo! Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Don't take any arsenic. See you later. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. <laughs>